some female followers were introduced as spiritual brides and forced into sexual relationships with their perceived messiah. Murders, mysteries, unexplained stories, and our family's crazy opinions on them all. Join us now. The Family School of Thought is in session. Hey, everybody. Welcome, everybody out there, and uh, welcome to a new week with the Family School of Thought. Hope everybody's had a really good week. Um, how's, how was the panel doing today? Great. Good. Good. All right. Freezing. Freezing. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it is a little cold here. It's hot in Portland. It is very hot in Portland. It is... 80 90 degrees what have anything to do with that big apartment fire there um no that was happening well the weather has been happening for a couple days and that fire just happened yesterday which actually i was running late to work yesterday and i actually saw the smoke from that when i was crossing over the i-5 bridge to get to work um i didn't see the fire but i definitely saw the smoke and i was like "Ooh, something is happening over there yeah. And it was a huge, huge apartment fire. Uh, unfortunately, Portland has a lot of old buildings and like hundred-year-old apartments. It didn't look like a very old building. It was a hundred years old, and oh, it is wow. very, it is very common to have very old buildings. Like it's, a, it's something that like you could see like on every apartment listing is like this is a nineteenth-century house, and it's like that's great. But that means it's got a lot of code violations, which is what yeah, a lot of characters go. Yes, characters well, go on. Yeah. yeah, well, they haven't figured out the cause of it yet. This is going to be a week later when this episode comes out. But for now, um, on the 17th of May, they haven't figured out what caused the fire. Um, but this building has had multiple violations, code violations that they had to fix. So oh. fortunately, we don't know what's going on, but. It's an old building. Okay. All righty. Um, Jesse, how's the weather there? Great. It was Good. warmer this uh, this evening than it was this afternoon. So. Okay. <laughs> Great. All right. All right. Well, let's get started. Uh, Jess, you got some uh, history facts for us? Yeah, I got history unexplained mysteries. Uh, this one is the Green Children of Woolpit. According to legend, two children with green skin were found snared in a uh, wolf trap by a group of villagers in the 12th century English town of Woolpit. The boy and the girl um, wore clothes that no one had ever seen before and spoke unrecognizable language. The landowner in the area, Sir Richard de Calnay, took them in and learned that they had a strange diet consisting almost entirely of raw beans, a fact that historians had theorized that may account to why they had such greenish complexions. Um, and the boy quickly grew ill and died of unknown illnesses. Hmm. However, the girl did survive. She was able to learn English and allegedly explained that she and her brother were from the land of St. Martin, but had no idea how they um, had ended up in England and stated that her and her brother had heard a great sound before waking to find themselves in the English fields. 
The most likely explanation from this story is that the children were descendants of the persecuted Flemish immigrants. So I don't know where that would be located. I actually read this story this week. Really? Isn't that weird? On the internet, I read it. But hmm. yeah. Yeah. So there's the, the green children. And I thought it was odd that the son, the boy died. Yeah. But the girl yeah. survived. The girl survived, yeah. But I mean, that's something too. I think with, the, you know, historians have theorized that their diet, but if they were from a town or, you know, from an area, whatever, that they ate raw beans, I mean, that does your, whatever you eat does hit, change your complexions and stuff too. Because her green skin went away. Yeah. Right. Huh. So interesting. Yep. Interesting. All right. Then, yeah, I have another one. It's okay. the I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's the Gyra girl. Gura girl. Um, for several months in 1921, a family in Austria um was targeted by what came to be named as the Gyra girl. And supposedly, it was a supposedly supernatural force that shook and threw rocks at the family's house, breaking the windows in what the local um, population believed were attempts to harm Minnie Bowen, the family's 12-year-old daughter. After requests for help from after requests for help from the family, detectives from Sydney were sent to investigate what was happening, but a cause for the attacks was never found despite the facts that the entire squad of police officers were stationed around the house to protect the young girl. The event was regarded as one of Australia's most famous paranormal occurrences and the most popular supernatural theory is that the family was being attacked by the ghost of Minnie's half-sister who had left behind an 18-month-old baby had left behind an 18-month-old baby when she died. No plausible explanation has ever surfaced. Huh. Interesting. There's Those are the, the two facts that I are the okay. unexplained mysteries that I have for you today. Okay. All right. Cassie, how about a song for us? Well, I don't think you're going to like this one, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but this week's song is Hurricane by Bob Dylan. <laughs> Another one of my heroes. I know, I know. Uh, this one, unfortunately, it's not really creepy or uh, anything. It kind of just didn't age well as a song. Um, because this was actually supposed to be a protest song that Bob wrote. Um, Bob wrote it, a protest song? I know, I know. This was supposed to be about a protest. It was a protest song about the what he says is a false imprisonment of a boxer named Reuben Hurricane Carter. Yeah. Um, within the song, it talks about you know, obviously, uh, you know, police brutality, racism, and what he says is false profiling because of uh, Carter's skin. He was it was a young black man. Um, mm -hmm. who was being charged with murder. Um, uh, and the thing is, is that it, the, the song itself had a lot of controversy while it was being recorded. Um, he actually had to re-record some parts of the song that he had written because 
he basically questioned eyewitness testimony and called them out by name. Um, so that he had to basically take those lyrics out of the song. Um, but one of the biggest reasons why this song did not age well, and it kind of failed to be a protest song about racism is because Bob himself uses the N-word in the song. Oh. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like it falls flat when you're trying to right. dissect racism when you use a racist term to right. call out racism. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, it is too bad because it's about an eight minute song and you know, it is, it, you know, it does, it calls out a lot of things that are wrong with our justice system. Um, I think it just, he chose the wrong topic because Carter himself has had many, you know, retrials and every trial, the uh, witnesses basically make it so that Carter is guilty. Um, it seems to be that Bob kind of just, it wasn't the right case to do this song about. And then again, you can't really talk about racism and then use a racist term right. to right. You know, describe your topic. So it does fall flat, unfortunately. And that is your song this week. It's not creepy, but it is, it just didn't age well. Right. You know, Patty Smith has a song that and you know, yeah. rock and roll enter, you know, and um, yeah. it it was always so hard to listen to. It was a great song, and really her meaning and you know the, the way she used it wasn't wrong, but you just can't hear that word. And no, no, and especially coming from, you know, I think it it happens quite a bit, unfortunately, and especially in that era where it was kind of you know white people trying to stand beside black people and you know, show that they stand with them. Um, and But then you're using terms, because you're using terms to like try to take it back, but you can't use it as a, you know, white person to take it back because I think right. Yoko Ono and John Lennon also have a song where they, it's, they call, like it's called like the women are the N words of the world. Yeah. And like yeah. they say the, you know, N word and it's like, you can't collate those two and try to make a protest song. She spent... 30 years trying to explain why this was okay, you know, and she just never could, you know, convince I don't think she ever will be able to. No, 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 <laughs> she won't. And finally, it finally she did, or Apologize. they took it off. Um, like they don't promote the song anymore. It's not like you'll never hear it again, but they don't put it onto new tracks or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Right, and she sings it at her co every concert. Let's, oh, no. let's just get going. Who's um? Who's uh, uh, Cass? Are you done? I didn't mean to stop you. I mean, that is pretty much it. I mean, it, it, that's. I think we just need to, as a society, this is also long past. Like we have, as a society, have realized this. But I think singers and you know poets uh, of that era, it's just like you can't, you don't get to use that word in like a poetic form right, right, of protest right. like i think we just we realize as a society like yeah i'm sure at, in the time you thought it was like you being edgy and calling right, out right. racism but it's right. it's not you gotta like you gotta and take it out and regardless of how you mean it to yeah, be yeah right it is what it is and right yeah yeah okay yeah but that's it unfortunately hmm. had to call out Bob Dylan today. <laughs>
I would say even like in like the seventies when I heard that song, I'm like, yeah, you just can't play it. <laughs> yeah, it's like such a throwaway line too. Like yeah. I feel like you could miss it if you're really not paying attention. The eight minute long song. Um, I had to listen to it for quite a few, like, I, it's, you know, probably like six minutes into the song. So I was like kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm like, does he say it? Maybe they took it out of this version. And then I was like, oh, nope, still there. <laughs> there well, and you wouldn't miss it in her song. I, I'm sure you know the song, but, you know, she's like, you know, Jackson Pollock was a, yep, and, yep. you know, Jesus Christ and grandma too, you know, and it, it just, it just couldn't, it's not gonna work. <laughs> no, it's just not gonna work. It doesn't age well. No. Right. Okay, there, Jane, no this thing thing this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. What? I think you're up this week. Yes, I am. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's get going then. Okay. Mine is on. Um, a man with a, it's a holy betrayal. His name is Juan Ming Myung Sik. Is it Seo? Seo? Suk? Suk. 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 And he was born on March 16th in 1945 in Korea, in South Korea. He was also known as Joshua Young or Pastor Joshua. Um, he graduated from Wesley, uh, Wesley Theological Seminar. What? No, no, good. Keep going. In 1983 and completed executive management program at the Graduate School of Administration in Cunningham University in 1998 and received honorary doctorate of philosophy from Open University in Sri Lanka in, in 2001. I like him already. Well, no, you don't. <laughs> so far, I really like him. Well, these kind of people are, you know, <laughs> not good people. Um, he was a religious cult leader, and oh. he was convicted of rape, being a rapist. And he is the founder and leader of the Providence, also known as the Christian Gospel Mission CGM, otherwise, of Jesus Morning Star, JMS. He is a self-proclaimed Messiah. He founded... The Providence in 1980, and the religious group is in the headquarters of Wool Wooyongdong, South Korea. The group has since expanded to Taiwan, Japan, Hong Kong, Australia, and other countries. Um, he was convicted of rape by the Supreme Court of Korea and was sentenced to 10 years of imprisonment between 2008 and 2018. Um, he was again indicted in South Korea in, two, in October 28, 2022 for sexually assaulting two female followers between 
2018 and 2022. Um, he uh, would um, go to colleges and um, have games like football or on the football fields and do things to uh, get women to follow him. In um, 1974, he joined as a member of the Unification Church, where he taught briefly in 1978. In 1980, he founded the Yi Chung Church of Christ of the Providence, and he would recruit elite Korean girls through the sports um, and uh, student interest clubs, which were like cheerleading, um, football, soccer, uh, um, vocal singing, and, and any of the things that the university carried. Um, GMS fled South Korea in 1999 when a broadcasting system aired of his sexual crimes. On March 20th, 1999, he hid in Hong Kong and the mainland China for years until 2008 when he was uh, ex ex extradited to face charges in South Korea. While he was on the run, they continued his sermons online, providing um, telephone counseling and held overseas events for his followers. He traveled often to Japan and he would stay at his followers' home and he would gather 10 of his female followers daily and sexually assault them under the pretext of a health check. So he would get these women followers to, to follow him and they became his quote, um, fo wife followers. And um, he, they would, he would summon these women to bring his followers to him and his, he liked to have, um, like I said, the uh, more elite girls and they had, you know, he liked tall girls. He liked between five feet, six inches. And that, you know, you, they had to be at least five foot six or, you know, well, tall. you girls are all out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, so they, they would, um, these, he would say who he wanted and these um, brides, women brides would um, go get them and bring them to him or summon them and say that, you know, he wants to see them. And because he was such a Messiah and um, he would proclaim that certain things would happen and go on. And these people believed him. And so, you know, he was known as the Messiah. 
And so um, they, he would, um, like I said, he would uh, sexually assault the them under the pretext of the health and thing, health checks. Um, the Japanese female followers were said to have been brought overseas, and they were told not to tell that they had went, or they would be condemned condemned to hell. So he brainwashed all of the women and all of his followers. And in 2003, JMS was um, indicted in Taiwan for the rape charges, but never showed up for the court dates and has an, a, war, a warrant out for his arrest that expires in 2027. So he's still wanted in Taiwan for sexually abusing the women in that following um, congregation. Um, and in 2006, he was put on an international wanted list of rape charges, and there were nine charges filed by October after being on the run for eight years and escaping Hong Kong. The Chinese police arrested him on May 1st in 2007. He was sent back to South Korea to face charges fraud and embezzlement of the church funds. Saul so, um, charged him, the, the Saul um, prosecution from China charged him on five count, counts of sexual assaulting of five women followers from the 2001 to 2006, initially convicting initially convicted on three counts of rape, one acquittal, and one case dismissed because the victims dropped the charges. Um, there were so many people from when he first became the Messiah or when he started the Providence Church that he had sexually abused, and these women stayed silent for years, and then some of them had come forward like one of the followers said that she had 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 two children and realized what a mistake. And every time she looked at these kids, you know, she said that this just can't keep going on because, you know, she would hate for her children to get into this situation and not be able to say. So she turned him in too. But um, the two children weren't from him. No, no. And, and, you know, in one of the points, one of the girl, one of the followers had said, um, what if I get pregnant? And they said that, um, that, that more or less that she would abort the child. So I don't know if he ever, it, it never talks about any of these followers um, ever having his children. So I don't know if he um, made them, you know, it's never come out. He's still... It, it, to this day, he's still um, waiting trial um, to be convicted. Or he, I mean, he went to prison and then he was released. Um, and then he's been caught um, numerous. I mean, he's had to go back to m many of these other countries to face um, charges. But um, it never talks about 
if any of them had to abort or if any of them got impregnated by him, or at least I didn't see anything. It just talked more about his sentencing. There is um, a show on Netflix right now, and it's called The Holy Betrayal. Um, and it's about the just one um, young, or I mean, um, Maple, her name was Maple, and she was from Hong Kong. Um, and she says that in Korean years that she was 29, but she was only 28 at the time that, that this, and she was a college student when this took place. And she was a model and a street missionary and did the um, pastor's work. And she was one of um, his so-called follower brides. Um, and she would, um, she would, um, get other females followers to go to his room. And at one point, um, there was an Australian young lady and, um, he, uh, touched her provocatively and um she looked at uh hazel or i mean at maple and with wide eyes and said you know and and maple said it's okay it's okay he's the messiah um and you know i think that and after that she felt really bad she you know she was she felt awful for what she had done because she knew that what he was going to do to this Australian girl. But um, so uh, the um, he was acquitted and then one of the cases were dismissed because the victim dropped the charges and um, he was sentenced at, at court. He was sentenced to six years imprisonment in 2008 an appeal court added four more years to a sentencing in 2009 and convicted him on all four counts of rape between the years of 2001 and 2006. Um, in April of 2009, he was convicted by the Korean Supreme Court for the four counts of rape and sentenced to 10 years of imprisonment. And during his incarceration, Incarceration. He between 2008 and 2018, his sermons and directives were delivered through visitors to the prison and through his sessions. Um, Yang Yun, his real name was um, Kim Jaishan, um, and the. Uh, so why he was in prison, they still did his worship sermons and sent people to him by into the prison or to prisons to visit him. Um, the members of the Providence Church, now mostly known as the Christian's Gospel Movement, uh, tried to downplay their religion ties they often recruited members from um, shopping malls. So um, after he served his 10 years, 
he was released with a ankle bracelet and continued to rape all of his victims and his women followers. And um, there were men that were in this cult, but um, some of their uh, stories were that it was just mostly the women that um, he was surrounded by many, many, many women. So I don't know if they were just followers or if they um, missioned people to come to, uh, they recruited people. I don't know, but um, the shopping, uh, they, they recruited members from shopping malls, um, all of the, the university campuses in Taiwan, Japan, and Australia. Um, other new members were recruited from students' clubs in the university, such as the modeling, cheerleading, um, and groups focused on uh, sustainable development goals issues before they were, they were introduced to the Providence um, Doctrine in the CGM church services with, with um, young sermons. Um, according to some of the former followers, members, some female followers were introduced as spiritual brides for the, um, for the leader and um, coursed or forced into sexual relationships with their perceived Messiah. Um, on April the 19th of 2014, the Australia um, publicized on a special broadcasting service about the Providence, but the Chief of Eternal Affairs denied in writing to answering Pacific questions, but did disclose that it had um, Pacific questions, um, but did that... Um, But um, they had charitable status for tax purposes, and that's all that he, he would they would um, release. Um, and then over a hundred alleged victims were um, contacted through the documentary that is on the Holy Betrayal um, for interviews and um, questions. And. Um, Uh, I'm trying to get it up. He went to the um, Wesley Summit. Yes. yes. So, but he wasn't a Methodist pastor. No, no. I mean, but he, 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 he opened his own. Um, Church. He got a degree from Wesley, but then he started his own religion. Right. Right. I mean, he, for our viewers, Wesley, as far as I understand, is a seven a, a school for, a, yeah, for it's Methodist, a, it's a Methodist. Yeah, it's a Methodist graduation. Wesley in her um and how old is he now? 70, 78. Yeah, 78. And he is he is Korean. He's South Korean. South Korean. Right. Yes. Yes. And um, 
he was self-imposed exile uh, and criminal convictions. And the sad thing is, is he just kept going to other countries and doing the same thing and getting new followers. And he was a com convicted sexual predator. He was a, he was a cult leader of sexual, I mean, and it doesn't even tell you how many women that he sexually abused, but over a hundred alleged victims. So there's more than a hundred people that you probably seem very surprised by that. I know. I mean, you know, like Mormons are in the same boat. A lot yeah. of Christian popes. A lot of yeah. Are in the same boat. I, I know. And, and the it's same that thing, thing where, when your religion says that you have to forgive all sins, you have yeah. to forgive all sins. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I know. But it, it always scared me. And it scared me when you said that um, when you were up at your college and there was a cult there. And it Are you was. talking about me? Yes. Was definitely yeah. not me. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was Jesse. And, you know, how can well, these the women is, get well, so I think a lot of it is cults. because women are very, like, or not women, but people in general in parts of the yeah. world are very vulnerable. Yeah. And so then they reach out and it's, oh, it's a religious group. These people are going to be there. They're going to protect me. It's, you know, God's work. And they get put into these situations but that's, I mean, that's how most sexual assaults happen yeah. is that you have somebody that's more powerful or s claims to be more powerful and is the Messiah and they take advantage of that power. Well, in and most cults, they're created by people who want to belong to something. Right. You know, so that works. And usually when they start out, everything's great, you know. Right. It really isn't helping their life. It really is their calling, you know. Yeah. But and, then and, time goes by. And then by the time things start happening, now you're so caught up in it. Right. Mm -hmm. And now your job is to protect the cult. Right. And most right. of the and most of these women that did it, he would find a purpose and, and heal right. them or or right. tell them something right. that happened and it really did and, and it would come and it would become true. And so they you know, oh my goodness, he really is the Messiah. He is God. And, you know, he, he. And you got to think too, if he's going from country to country, I mean, obviously now with technology, we kind of know what's right. Going on. This was back we in the know, know, you know, He also was continuing, and continuing his, his, his um, ministry through why he was in jail. But that can happen a lot. There's a yeah. lot of religious cult leaders that get convicted. And because you are in the cult, you don't believe their convictions. And so right. they are teaching their word from jail. Right. Yes. yes. There's American, yes. There's American yes. cults that that's yeah. happening right now. Yes. Right. I mean, yeah. look, at, look, at, look at our government today and right. all of the followers for well, one person. There's legitimately convicted cult leaders in jail right now who are still <laughs> able to talk to their yeah. parish parishioners. I can't remember the word, but yeah, yeah. yeah this still it's happening all over the world. Right. And, and especially with him. So with this um, guy, he, he was like a member of a big cult 
like yes. religious cult in South Korea before he became a minister. So he basically learned from like a young age, like so how to do, yeah. to manipulate people into cults. Yeah. Um, and the the one he was I don't did I don't know if you talked about it, but the Unification Church is the one he was a member of before he went to go study at the, at Wesley. Um, and it is a big Christian religious cult that preys on a lot of like foreigners, like American foreigners, because Christianity is such a big religion in the Americas. So when you go over to South Korea as a young person, you're away from your family, you're away from everybody you know, you're away from Korea is mostly Buddhism. So like you're away from your own religion. And so you find these people who are basically finding you at shopping malls, finding you in public places and being like, Oh, we're about to go, you know, we're going to go to our, you know, ceremony, like our religious little get together where we have, we're doing food and we're talking about God. And so these foreigners are like, Oh, well, I want to go. I, you know, I want to go talk about God and all that. So they go to these meetings that they're instructed, like, brought into and then most of it it's like in that meeting it's you know they're introduced into the cult and they can't leave at that point right and and some of them tried to leave and um they beat the families and um you know they would go after your families so i mean it it was it's it's a very good movie to watch but it's it's devastating to watch too because it's the oh my gosh how could this happen but it happens every day yeah. you know and young women need to be aware of if somebody a, I don't care who it is a pastor or somebody invites you to their home and you're alone and there is nobody there do not go in yeah do yeah. not go to their home. Do not go anywhere alone with that person yeah. because that is not how a pastor or a religious real uh, a leader would do. I mean, they don't invite you alone somewhere. So be aware, girls and young women. Well, just anybody, anybody with, men, women, you, know, you, you yes. know, anybody who is, has some sort of power over you, whether it's a boss or yes. a pastor or a teacher or a friend's parent, like they're never going to want to do a one-on-one -on -one with you alone in a place that you can't get away from. Like that's right. where, you know, you have to watch out anybody, you know. And, and it's just awareness. I mean, to always be aware of your surroundings right. and who you're with and to, to keep reading stuff like this and, you know, have young, young daughters and grandchildren. It, it's really scary. It's scary to think that this could happen to anybody. Right. You know, especially with like with this, you know, and it's happening more and more, I think, Either that or, you know, I was oblivious to it. I, it scared me when Jesse went to school and I heard about it then. But, you know, thank goodness I think she realized that that wasn't something, you know, I something guided. I was never involved in any cult. I never attended any no. cult no. meetings. And. Did you I, I were never invited or were you invited? Yes, I was. was. No, I was never invited. 
You're oh. getting all your facts wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> she just heard well, about it. Didn't you have a friend that was in a really strong religion that seemed yes. culty? Well, yes. Yes. That's what she's talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that scared me then to think that it could just be. But again, it's people who are vulnerable. They want to be accepted yes. by people. They want to be understood by people. And they feel like they're not understood or, you know. They, they want to belong to some. Right. Exactly. Right. There's, you know, I don't want to be belong to anything. I no, want to be right. my own person and I don't want to be around people. <laughs> I want my books and that's it. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. No, but I think there is a. Um, I like belonging to a church. I like belonging, you know, not just belonging there, but just having that church family. Yeah. Yeah. You right. know, people that's, that are. You got to look at too. I mean, look at the big picture of it. Christianity is its own cult, just on its own. I mean, you we all are being told to believe this one thing. And if you question it, then you are looked down upon or, you know, ostracized by why are you questioning the word of God? Why are you questioning the Bible? And there are more, I mean, many of the denominations within the Christian faith have split over certain beliefs. There are churches that have split or denominations and churches that have split because some people are more on the, you know, conservative side and some people are more on the the liberal side of, you know, like, you know, whether it's real or like metaphor, gay, yeah, gay marriage or, you know, like that, those types of issues or even abortion has, you know, the, those are the issues that, you know, they become these political aspects when well, they shouldn't, but then they also become these aspects in church and people don't agree. And so they they split. And we've seen that in our history, our recent history of churches are splitting. Like I'm thinking more specifically with the LGBTQ plus community where churches yeah. are accepting of it or churches are not accepting of it. And, you know, and it's the same denomination, but you have a more strict version of it or you have the more, you know, relaxed version of it. And really when it comes down to, if you're a Christian person, it states in the Bible so many times to love your neighbor. Don't judge them. So those without sin shall cast the first right, stone. Exactly. So like well, how, you yeah. know, but you know, we're all like Christianity or any religion is its own cult, yeah. good or bad. Right. But I know. I think, but it yeah. doesn't. The it only doesn't. people who have the answers are the higher ups who are telling you that you're not supposed to ask questions. It's a yeah. cult. Yeah, in a way, but it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't take you into what we've just. It could, though. Every every religion has the possibility to become a cult. Yeah. Okay, but many religions that it's not been women abused, it's been boys, young boys, men. Yes. So, you, you know, it, it it really is true. You've just got to know. But you have to think about what's right and what's wrong. I right. Mean, I just think, too, a lot of it, too, is like we think of cults as bad things. Mm-hmm. Some are, you know, like, this is going to get uh, like put in a different way of 
taken out of context, but like think of I'm thinking like the Larry Nasser cases, mm-hmm. but like look at gymnastics. You yeah. can say gymnastics is its own its own cult. Right. You do things a certain way. You follow these rules. You know, like you have these leaders. You know, whatever. But you know, like you live and breathe the same thing. And right. you know, like, but look what happened in that that too. Yeah. You know, gymnastics is not right. a bad, bad. No, thing. no. You know, right. Look right. What happened with Larry Nasser? You have one person that's in power and was a coach in the U.S. Olympics, and Look at the harm he caused to several people in Michigan. Yes. But nationwide too. Nationwide. Thousands of thousands of people. Right, right. And and you know, like these cults, that's what they they go to these universities and they look for these elite girls and Mm-hmm. Yeah, they target and, a certain group of people yeah, that would think that's that. the thing. But, the thing is, is that these cults, whether they're religious, whether they're you know whatever, it's not about the religion. It's not about you know the gymnastics. It's about power. So yes. these cult leaders no. want power, and they know the best way they can get it is to have followers yeah. to yes. feel like you know a messiah or God or a messenger. Mm-hmm. So like you know, it's all about having people worship them so it's not about the religion itself it's not about gymnastics itself it's not about aliens in itself like uh, yeah. every cult has right. a, a topic right. or a message right. but it's not about that it's about the leaders who want something out of it right and right. and the leaders are the ones that are getting the their followers to bring in more people right. and they are the ones and and the cult leader himself or herself are the ones that are telling these followers to bring certain people to him or her. And, you know, that's, that's a sad thing is when, when somebody is summoning you, you know, they think, Oh my goodness, the Messiah is calling me. Think about what you're doing before you do it. Think about how many people and more, more people that are being sexually abused need to come forward before it goes any further. Don't allow somebody to sexually abuse you because that is not okay from anybody. It's one of those things where, like we've said a thousand times, you know, when it's somebody who wants to feel included, when they want to feel, you know, connected to a group or a person. But sex did not have anything to do with it. It's the idea of, like you said, like, oh, the Messiah wants to speak to me. I must be special. The Messiah wants to have sexual relationships with me. I must be special. Mm -hmm. And they, they reiterate that to the person, you know, you know, you shouldn't feel ashamed that he wants to do this to you because that means you're special. You know, it's praying on that vulnerability. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes it takes years and, you know, to realize that that's happening to you. Mm-hmm. And by that point, they've done it to, um, you know, a hundred other people. So it's, you know, sometimes it, it doesn't click that it's not, that it's a problem until way right. too late. Right. And a I think that that's time. what happened to um that uh the one girl uh Maple. I think that yeah. she, you know, that's what she mm-hmm. thought all these oh, years. Right. And right. then finally clicked that this yeah. isn't okay. That you right. know, he he shouldn't be doing this. If he really loved me, 
he should not be doing this to me. Right. And so, you know, it finally, it did finally click. But like you say, it, by then it had happened to a hundred other women. Right. But I think too, with like most, most of these types of cults, you know, it's the generations of the families are embedded into it where the moms are coaching the daughters or the dads are coaching the the sons. And so that's all they know. They don't know that it's wrong. Right. Brainwashed. Wow. I mean, just think if you lived in a community that continuously said, oh, the sky is purple. (laughs) And then you came out of that community and people are like, no, the sky is blue. What are you talking about? Right. Like you, you would question everything that you know. Right. You know, but that's something too. But but most of the people in these cults, they're stuck and, you know, like they're, they are going into the outside world. They're cut off. Yeah. Especially if you're growing up in these cults, like that is what makes sense to you. Right. And there was quite a few older women in some of these, I mean, it, it didn't show their faces or anything. Maple was pretty much or and the other guys were the ones that were talking in in the documentary of the betrayal but um you know they wished that they would have come forward earlier and it might have saved many of these women's lives but you know what i don't understand is how he can be convicted then be released in 10 years and then continue well, to do what he's yeah. doing We've said this a hundred times and we'll say it a hundred more times. Unfortunately, rape is not a convictable crime in most states. And it is a lesser charge than a lot of other things. But this is also, you got to remember too, it's a different country than us too. Right. They have different different legals. They are a very conservative nation. Like they are still a very conservative, you know, we are considered very explicit to Koreans like they don't show a lot of skin when they go outside not even just like not even just Christian religious people like the culture in itself is very conservative they don't like a lot of public displays Um, so you know yeah but to them them, something like this is it would be like you know a man being accused of rape in like the 20s or 40s of America like well, what were you doing? You know, what was your problem? Yeah, I know, but you should feel you should feel special. But no matter here or there, um, our system, our court systems need to get something figured out for rapists, um, killers. Uh, I was just reading in the paper, um, that the kid that, um, committed the Oxford uh, or the one of the um, he was 15. I think it's the Oxford. It was the Oxford kid. He's 15 and he killed his students in the shooting. Right. Um, he's going to be on in uh, out for parole because in um, in 10 years because uh, he's only 15. Yeah. So he'll be he'll be 27. When it was, yeah, so he'll be 27 years old when he's released from jail. And why should he be able but to that, get out of jail? But that that comes with its own, you know, background and story and debate because 
he is a child. And in this sp- specific case, he was clearly groomed by his parents to believe in certain things. So, you know, in 10 years, he could be a completely different person. So we don't know, you know. I know, but he changes, changes as, like, it goes because, uh, you know, for minors, we have to, like, we can't give a minor a life sentence because, you know, who knows who they're going to be in 10 years. You are a completely different person, you know, when you are 15 and when you're 25 and when you're 35, you know. And for the families of all these, the Oxford victims, I'm sure this is completely devastating. Yes. Um, but it's, it's a, the justice system of, you know, how long do we convict a child for something that they probably don't even realize how bad it was, you know? But I do think there's a difference in uh, a child that murders. Mm-hmm. He has a child and he can change his circumstances and down the road he may be fine. But somebody who molests children... No. But yeah, again, that's yeah. completely like, there's different. There's no redeeming. You're that's never, completely no. different. That is, right. isn't there, yeah, there is no comparison to that. You know, you no. can't have those two things in the same You know way. how I feel about capital punishment, but when it's somebody who is uh, molesting children, I don't care what happens to them. I mean, you know, they're never going to recover from that. They're not going to be fine, you know, and so they're never going to be able to be around children again. And uh, that is such... There's nothing worse than that. No. And I, right. I, I don't think sitting in a prison is going to make them feel remorseful of their actions. No. 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 That's what I'm saying. That's not going to help them. They're not going to come out there a better person. And and I, I don't really care if they are a better person. What they did is horrible enough that right. they should. And, and they're not going to ever change right. because right. just like him. But I can like see, him. I can see a 15 year old. It's horrible what he did. Yeah. But I can see him 10 years from now. Turning, you know, turning over, realizing what he did. Right, you know, right, right. I think that's the thing. Is like I don't think. I think in this case, uh, you know, it. I don't know. Who knows? You don't know the like mindset of this person, but you know. I think there should be some punishment for that, but like again, like, this was a you know I think he at the time was like thirteen, you know. He was young and, you know, you don't understand the consequences of your actions at 13, especially in this day and age where we're hearing about school shootings all the time. So it, it doesn't really mean anything to these kids um, to be a school shooter. And I also do believe, I'm probably going to get myself into a lot of trouble here, but there is a difference. Well, let's say, I don't know how I want to say see and hear you. <laughs> I think um, when you talk about religion, it's okay to know that there's a higher power and you're responsible to that higher power. Yeah, well, and I some- think that works for some people. I think that, you know, it works for some people and it doesn't always have to equate to a cult. It doesn't always have to be the extreme. No, right. Like, I, I think, you know, we grew up in a very... Methodist religion where it was very lax it was very this is a metaphor for life it's not the word of God is explicit to this meaning um so I think there are ways to be religious without being extreme I think there are ways to you know do anything without being extreme 
Um, but unfortunately, people take things too far. People do things. Again, like, I think cults are not about religion. I don't think they're about, you know, the end of the world or whatever your cult is about. I think it's about power. You know, yes. It'll really yeah. be that way. It's a narcissistic yeah. person leading, yeah. leading exactly. their Needing followers. Needing. They hit that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially it, it, with this, you know, Jung Mong Chuk, you know, it, it, this clearly wasn't about religion. This was about sexual satisf- right. satisfying himself. Right. Um, it is like with the like ideas of, oh, he he loves top tier women, elite women, college women, tall women. So it wasn't about religious. It wasn't about saving, you know, everybody, giving the word of God to everybody. It was about his own sexual satisfaction. Yeah, people not yes. saying that word. <laughs> I'm trying to say gratification and satisfaction at the same time. <laughs> right, sexual gratification. Right. Yes. Yes. And and he was, you know, religion. He put religion in front of it, but he really, right. you know, he wasn't religious at all. He was a cult leader. But he could be. He could be. But it's it's using like with like a narcissist. It's using things that you want and you believe in to make other people follow you. So he could be religious. He could believe in God, but he's using, he's like twisting that belief into something that is, you know, well, not, but it is, um, it's good for him. You know, it is, it has, you know, benefits to him. Yes. Yeah. So. I don't know. Just where is Wesley? Is it in a, like, is it, I wonder, like, it's, in the west side of, it's over on the, isn't it on the west side of the state? Well, well Pennsylvania, I think the university is in Pennsylvania, isn't it? Oh. But I wonder if, like, I, I wonder if he came here to America or if they have. Yeah. kind of threw me when you were talking about the west. Yeah, that threw me the too. University, it kind of threw me South Korea and. I'm well, sure. He, and, and people one, can come here. Yeah. Wasn't he in New York? Did you watch that movie? Yes. Uh, um, I did a little bit. I, I've known about the. Like he had oh, come to the state. I didn't watch that. I didn't watch that documentary. I watched other things about them. Um, I don't know. He went to. I mean, he. It seemed like he was in New York at one time or he had come to the States. He could have. Maybe, yeah. maybe he had come to the states um, for that his um, Wesley uh, University, right? But um, then he went back over to South Korea after he right. was done. But so, um, yeah. or I don't know. Maybe he went to Sri Lanka too, which you know is obviously a little bit easier to get to from Korea. But yeah, I'm sure he traveled. But I I don't know. Like I was just wondering if maybe he went to. Like if they have a seminar church in Korea. Well, that's what I was kind of wondering. But then it said something about New York. He was in the states, or I, I, maybe I miss. Yeah. So it's Wesley Theological Seminary, Mm -hmm. and it's located in Washington D.C. Right. So. Yeah, that's what I thought I'd read, and then so I, I knew he was in the states. But then he went back to South Korea. Also, he could have. This was in, he graduated from there in 1983. So it's possible he traveled here. 
and then maybe got into that other I'm sure it's not a four year university. Maybe he was only here for like on a you know, college visa for two or three years. Yeah. If that doesn't take too long to unfortunately study the Bible. I've done it myself. Right. It wasn't a four year graduation. Well, yeah, but no, to go to be a Methodist right. minister, it's it's a college degree. To be yeah, ordained, like ordained and yeah. I, I think. I, mean, I don't know that for sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's not a course you can take over the internet or a couple no. of courses. It's, it's a college, yeah. you know. I can be ordained as a minister like in point five seconds. I want so. to. I want to. <laughs> no. I'm sure it's not a four year, you know, bachelor's you can, degree. Uh, yeah, I would love to do that. But anyways, I keep waiting for somebody <laughs> to ask like, me can... to marry them so <laughs> I can do it. Yes. You can do that right now. You, it literally takes like five seconds. All well, you do is sign a piece of paper that says you will do it. Well, one of your friends got married by her brother because he did the, he became a minister. Yeah, I know a lot of people who've gotten married because, and they're friends. They just wanted their friends to be their pastor or minister. Right. And so they got ordained as ministers. Yes, yes. So I don't know. Like, it's kind of scary. You wonder, maybe we should uh, have a little bit more on getting becoming a minister and being able to say you are the well, Messiah. These, these ordained are. ministries are not you, they, like these people who get these paperwork aren't allowed to like, yeah, yeah, like start a church. The internet. You, like you can't get a like ordained minister certification and then be like, all right, well, I'm going to go be a pastor at a church like you do have to have no, something no, can't do that but yeah and but you can start your own religion and not have any oh yeah no you don't need any religion right you don't need any teaching certification i guess that's what kind of threw me about him too like why did he even bother going to wesley this well because it's that, a Methodist. It's, because if you're looking to get elite in college age kids or college you know you, if you want to get elite people or higher up people, like you know, higher you want to say you have a degree, you want to have proof that you can teach yeah. at these levels. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's very interesting. Yeah. Cults happen everywhere. They don't just happen in America. No. They are worldwide. Yes, they are. Just be aware, all people, what you're getting into. Yes. Just because they're promising you a community, you need to be aware of what that community is. Yes, right what that entails for you. And I don't care how powerful they are, you are better than them. Agreed. Mm, I don't know about that. Well, if they're like trying to use their power against you, you are better than them. There you go. If That's they're trying to use yeah. their power against you. Yeah. Right. But um, there certainly right. are a lot of more people powerful than me and I want to learn from them people. Well, in those aspects, yes. Yeah. 
But if somebody's inviting you to their hotel room or, you know, and they want you to be alone with them, no, that's not. Yeah. Power is subjective. Yes. You could be the most powerful person to yourself. You don't need to learn from anybody else to be a powerful person. Exactly, Cassie. Make make sure all of our listeners understand that. Yes. You are powerful. Well, no, you don't have to idolize people to yes. be more powerful. And you don't need. That doesn't mean you should turn off anybody who has something to offer, you know. Teach you. That. I'm just like, saying that yes, just because they have ideals or ideas that you need doesn't make them more powerful than you. Right. Just right. because they can teach you something doesn't make you a lesser being to them. Right. Yes, you're right. Yes. Yes. But my yeah, point is many people. I'm coming across many people. As a matter of fact, somebody just yesterday who really inspired me, you know, to, you know, so they are better than me. I mean, they knew more than me. They had something to offer me and I, I'm appreciative of that. But you, and it, so if you are, if they're offering something to you, you and yourself are offering something to them because they are allowed to teach you. Yeah, right. that's a good point. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, I like that. yeah. It's not like, it's not like they're they've got more power than you because you are you right. you are you are yourself. You are you are yeah. you are powerful to yourself, but to, to to learn something new doesn't mean you're a lesser person. Right. Or you know, and, and what I'm trying to say is these cult leaders that are able to pull you in, and just like what we're seeing in our world today, they're pulling people in to believing that it's okay to do the things that are not right in our world, to be racist, to, um, you know, we're talking political stuff here. Discriminatory. And, and, and he, he himself is a cult leader. Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't know about this person in particular, but lots of times people get into this for the right reasons, mm-hmm. but then they get the power, they get that, Power, yeah, power. Yeah. and things start changing, and then they want to keep the power. So they, you know, that's the same with politics. Most people get into politics because they want to do the right thing. But then once they get in there, they they need the power, and they need the money, and they need you know influence. And they become so, and they become very corrupt. They can. That doesn't mean all people are corrupt, but they can. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. I don't know about this. And the family. same thing is the same in any position profession is that you you can go in there with the right intentions but you know I agree but I do think that there are people who are from the get go corrupt people and whether they're politicians they know what they're getting into they know what they're doing especially with this guy I, I unfortunately I think he knew that he, he knew what he was doing. Like I said, he was in at a very young age. He was a member of a, another Korean Christian cult, and so he learned a lot of tactics and then took those. You know, this was even before you know he went to Wesley. He in 1978, he was a member of this church. He didn't graduate Wesley until I think 1984. 
So, yeah. I mean, I think, I think he knew what he wanted to do and he did it. Mm-hmm. Right. I think politicians. Right, right. I don't think that's, I don't think a lot of politicians going in think, oh, I'm going to do this for the right reasons. I think they want power. They want money. And oh, that's he. a job that will provide it for them. Oh, well, I think there's a lot of people who go into politics because they think they're going to improve the world. And, and that's their real intentions. Now, once they get in there, like, again, they find out. I think out- it's an easy job to do. I think it's an easy way to get, you know, it's, first of all, it's a easy job because it is a job where you're only working maybe, maybe seven to eight months out of the year. Uh, and then that's you get, not all, that's not but it, all, all you have to do is, you know, vote on something that your constituents may or may not even want. Some of these politicians aren't even listening to what their constituents want. They're just voting for what they themselves want. Uh, and so I think that's a fairly easy job to just sit in a room all day and say yay or nay <laughs> on big politicians you know, ideals. Yeah. And get paid to do it. And a lot of them have family that are. Okay. We better not go there. Let's not talk about politics. Yeah. But I'm just saying generally people, whatever career they go into, they go in with the right intentions. They're excited about what they're doing. It's just a lot of times it's the, um, the real reality hits and they go like, yeah, hey, I can't really do what I thought I was going to do. Now I'm just going to settle in to do what I have yeah. to do. Yeah. Right. Right. And a lot of times people's egos get in their way. And so then they lose the purpose, what they started out for. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think, yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. Ego is a big problem. Uh-huh. But that's all I have for you. Just okay. Interesting story. I've never heard that one. I didn't either. Me either. Yeah, Until I did Very it. Interesting. I, I wonder about this one because there's a Korean TV show called Save Me, where they talk about a huge religious cult in Korea. It's a fictional show, so it's a fictional. Cult, oh, really? But it was compared to this cult and the Unification Church. And and do you think that they have more cults over in foreign countries than they do here? I don't know. I don't know if they have more, but I think they're more accepted. So here in America, we will call a cult a cult. Um, Right. But in Korea, like, and especially we'll call a cult a cult, and then we will, it'll basically, the cult won't be as big anymore. Like, you'll see, maybe not stop. Um, but it'll, people will, they'll have less people join. Where I think in foreign countries, um, it's just kind of more accepted. And it's like, well, that's their religion. They're going to do that. That's what they want to do. So I think um, these extremist religions and cults are kind of more, I don't know, like it's harder to stop, maybe. Yeah, because like here, you know, it, and and with him, because as soon as it got on the media, then right. it, it, then it was shut down. And with us, you know, it, it, 
Well, I think in other What's countries, you're much less likely to be able to speak your Out. own thoughts. Yeah. So um, right. cults are probably more underground there than they are here. Where, you know, here you can about talk about being yeah, a Scientologist or whatever it is. But there, in most countries, you probably don't tell people that you belong to this group of people. Well, I think it's or, opposite. I think it's I think it's here in America, you will get called out if you say you're in Scientology or if you're in Heaven's Gate. Like people will call you out and try to stop you from being in there. Where I think in other countries it's just kind of well, there's a like, lot of countries where they would just kill you if you were. Well, they'll just kind of be like, "Oh, that's your prerogative," kind of thing. Huh. Yeah, but I, I, I think it's possible. It's possibly because there's not that many death cults uh, overseas. So there's very few death cults overseas where people are doing mass suicide or right. killing people. So I think maybe that's why it's not as you know, looked down upon or it's more accepted in other countries. I think Japan and maybe the Jim Jones cult were like the only two that I know of for sure had any kind of death toll. So. Well, in this, in that betrayal, like later in that one woman. But it's not like mass death. So it's like them killing off certain members, which cults do all the time, but it's like that mass death where it's like all of a sudden people are like, Oh yeah, you're wow. really bad. Like, it's like I'm, I'm thinking of specifically bad. Heaven's Gate, where it's like people are like we're like, well, you're weird, and you're in this weird alien cult, but who cares? But, like, it's your yeah, prerogative. Until yeah. they like all committed suicide, and then I was like, oh, that's really bad. You shouldn't be in that. <laughs> yeah, right. right. That's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, do they not get it over there in their country? Yeah, it's like, the same. Maybe weird. like it's it's not a big a deal because it's it doesn't get to that point in a lot of these cases right yeah okay maybe and and maybe we just don't hear about them as right. much as we hear about right. here in our country they don't advertise it but when it was advertised on all of the broadcasting like in australia they started they had broadcasting and then they had a broadcasting in um i think that was mostly because he was going to these countries i think <laughs> Right. These other cults are kind of staying where they, you know, they know they can be. And and I think that it just took that one person in each one of their countries right. in Hong Kong, and then th then they started to investigate what's going on and found out that he was a convicted sexual uh, sex sexual ra rapist. So you know they didn't find out that until after he'd already been into their country for however long. Any last thoughts, Dee? No, I, I okay. just, like I said, make sure our followers understand that, um, be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Jess, do you have any last words for us? Like, share, and subscribe. Like, share, and subscribe. And if you have Good any advice. ideas or any suggestions for us to, to talk about, or any questions, concerns, any advice, feel free to send us an email at thefamilyschoolofthought at gmail.com. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's wrap this up, guys. Okay. Thanks for joining us again. Have a nice week. We'll see you guys next week. And bye, guys. Bye.
Peace.